Welcome to another edition of Your Impact Attack. That's right, it's Your Impact Attack. And we're just the curators. And who are we? I am Jamie the Vet Williams. The Vet. He's a Rip Rogers guy. The Vet. Vet, Vet, Vet. Rip, Rip, Rip Rogers guy. And with me, as always, my tag team partner, Brandon, and... Boom, tagging in. And Brandon, what's going on this week? Not much, man. I'm actually really proud of how I chopped up that... Remember, that last week's impact we agreed was terrible. Oh, terrible. We agreed, and Chris Ams agreed from the PWC. We all agreed. But I think I'm really proud of how I chopped it up and salvaged it into a much better show. All right. Well, we will get to that very shortly. Um, but first, we have a few business items, one of which, you know, is the chat. We must acknowledge the chat. Who are we without the chat? I mean, they are the C in the VVC. Uh, and if Colin shows up in the chat, it's a double C. Uh, so, but, um, I mean, they're very important. So who, who do we have, uh, with us? Let's see. We got Lab Rat. We got Jerome Hall. We got Elizabeth. Buckshot Kid. Javi Uchida. And of course, more will be coming in as we go because we going all night long. All night long. Did we see, uh, do we have Aaron Ben Shlomo as well? I thought I saw... Yes, that was yeah, but that was about two twenty four p.m. Right, At least that shows so he, on. Yeah, he may not be here yet, or he may or not we, be here again, or he may not be here. <laughs> but uh, he was he was here to say hello or good night or whatever. So um, yeah, good to have uh, everybody with us on this wonderful monday evening it's better than watching raw i can almost guarantee you that mm, speaking of other wrestling uh a lot of stuff was um going on yesterday with forbidden door a lot of news coming out of that a lot of interesting uh in interesting matches interesting choices interesting booking um I was able to watch the show, and I felt like it was pretty good mm, overall compared to the usual AEW kind of stuff. I thought they had a a good card. I thought they booked the matches in a in a good order that made sense. Um, but I also felt like by the end things were kind of. Um, like, I almost, if I didn't know better, I would feel like the main event had a little bit of pressure to kind of rush because some of the time had gotten taken up on matches earlier on the card. There's a reason why they say you got to stick to your times. Right. And so... The yeah, there's a, there's a lot of matches that didn't need extra time, um, and so I don't know, but that's just a feeling I get. I can't really prove it. 
Um, but I, just seeing the way the guys worked with the body language. And then after there was a... Now, if you didn't see the show, Brian Danielson somehow managed to get hurt in a match with the safest wrestler in the world. <laughs> Never mind the best. He's definitely one of the safest. Um, and, and he came off the top rope with his elbow drop that he always does. And somehow Brian Danielson managed to have his arm in a place that where he got broken on the landing, just lying there. Uh, he, he had his arm and I guess, I guess it happened. I couldn't see it happen. I even slowed it down frame by frame to see. I was like, did he drop the elbow like right on his arm or did he land on his arm or anything? I really wasn't able to. I wasn't able to tell anything different. So after that, the match stopped for a little bit, just for a second, because once he probably communicated. At first, Okada didn't know. Then he goes to pick him up for the Rainmaker. Then you can kind of see Danielson slump over, and while he's slumping over, Okada leans over like he's pretending to try to pick him up by the waist, but he's really getting close enough to. For Danielson to probably tell him like, "Hey, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt," or whatever. So he backs off. Then the officials check on on Danielson, and I guess he tells them that you know he can go. And then Okada comes back over, and they continue the match. Danielson having a broken arm, and they go through kind of the rest of their match with Danielson having a broken arm, and it doesn't look the greatest. But more so than that. Um, Especially considering the finish, which I won't spoil, even though Ben spoiled it live for me when I had to do the Monday locker room. Um, but more so than any of that stuff, the fans, the moment that they stopped everything to check on Danielson, the fans were completely out of the match after that. You could tell everybody like had the, the wind taken out of their sails. They were super hyped getting into it. They were all all into the match throughout the match and then after that happened like whatever they did after that the people were just like uh, they couldn't they just couldn't get back into it they were worried about daniels you know he's visibly holding his broken arm and not using it you know and mm. it's go ahead correct, correct me if i'm wrong aren't the black cup blackpool combat club heel right now Pretty much. I mean, they're definitely dicks. Well, there's, there's your out. He could say, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I, I don't want to compete anymore, and use that as an out to get out of the match. Get right. heat and, and build anticipation of the rematch. Right. Well, he's a, he's the... Uh, I mean, yeah, you can do that if you're a heel, but maybe they're not... I don't know. It, it's It's a weird thing with them because he's like... I mean... It just—I don't know. It's—it's it's hard to explain. I'd have to—I'd have to go over months and months of AEW booking to try to explain how, like, technically they would be heels, but they're just not. I don't know. He—it just doesn't fit his character to quit. But it could. He could make it work. Um, he's done stuff that's against his character in the past, so he could do it again. But I don't know, man. It, whatever they did, it. it you know, like the people tried to, to try to get with it, but you could tell like that they they just they were more concerned about real life issues than a phony wrestling match at that point. So uh, that kind of sucked. Very unfortunate. Um, 
bad way to close, you know, the the show. I think. Uh, Liz asked, was it just me or did the Jungle Boy Sonata match feel like it lasted too long and Jungle Boy got too much offense and Yes, probably. That was another weird finish. It just sort of came out of nowhere. It looked like everybody expected um, a kick out and it, it never happened. <laughs> and then they went into a post-match angle that also took a little too long. It was too weird and sloppy. I didn't like it. Um, it just what it was so weird. It, it, everything was weird. Um, Javi saying the Osprey vs. Omega match seemed like it was never ending. It did. I see a lot of people praising that match, and I'm just like, you know, it, it was so funny because I was watching the, I was watching a little bit of the media scrum, and Will Osprey comes in, and Tony Khan sitting there, and he's like, he's like, Tony. Well, of course he's sitting there, Brandon. Don't be surprised. It's his job to sit there. But so, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that's funny about it. Like, Will Osprey comes in, and uh, Tony Khan's sitting there saying, you know, hey, that was one of the greatest matches uh, I ever had the pleasure of seeing. Uh, thank you very much, Will. You you you, had, you should be very proud of yourself. It's a great effort. Just saying all these nice things. It's like, motherfucker. If I was if I was Tony Khan in that situation, I would you would have forced me to say something like. I'm sorry. What the hell were you doing? You, you stabbed this man in the head with a screwdriver in my in my company. Are you trying to get me sued? What the fuck's wrong with you? That's what I'd be saying. I would yeah. be congratulating somebody on a great match and then being proud. You used a screwdriver on a human. That that's a lot. That's, that's a liability, man. You can't be stabbing people with screwdrivers and and having blatant interference. Uh, from a guy that you ejected from ringside already, just come back out and the referee see him and just like just let him be out there after he was already ejected, and then just be like, "Great match, guys! Great match!" You can't do that. You have to be. Uh, it's a, it, it wasn't a great match. You guys just abused each other in a phony wrestling match. That's what you did. I don't know. It wasn't great to me. So and it was long. So if they took any if they took any time off that main event, then fuck them. But I don't know. Anyway, that was Forbidden Door. Um, Come some and other... knock on my door. <laughs> uh, there's a, I mean, there's a few like Impact Wrestling news items. If I'm looking at this page, uh, we talked about this morning on the Monday Locker Room. As a, as of this recording, it was this morning, um, and. Uh, I talked with Ben about the Giselle Shaw saying it's important for her to see online negativity. Um, and so like I can quickly kind of go over what she said on that. Uh, she's saying something to the, she says, uh, something I actually had to learn how to deal with. Cause no matter if it's a positive or negative comment, I see it all online and impact did say, Hey, you know, we can block those. So you don't have to see it. I think it's so important for me that I see those because those are it's part of me to grow and be like you know what those comments they shouldn't affect me at the end of the day no matter who you are no matter what you are people are going to say something no matter what because somewhere someone out there is very unhappy or they just want to stay relevant or they just want to be in the conversation to feel like they're included whatever they do they do doesn't reflect what I do and that's something I had to learn and be like you know what it's not me it's them uh so I mean that's something that we all can uh learn 
from that um, we got to let more stuff go because it's something more to do with the person saying it than the person receiving it most of the time, if not all of the time. Uh, sometimes it stings if some random person out of nowhere stumbles upon like maybe a small truth, you know, and, and, and you take that to heart because you believe it yourself and somehow somebody else already thought of that, you know, and it's a negative thing about you that you already knew or felt. Um, so that can kind of sting sometimes, but you have to remember that that's, you know, it's these things don't define you or whatever. I mean, what do you think, Brandon, about like the online negativity that we see? I know that, you know, a lot of times when I see your posts, you say things about how you've got to move on and just not be a part of the problem or whatever the thing is that you're saying at the current time. But the point is, I see that you kind of think about these issues as well. Yeah, I mean, I've been noticing like, I mean, I know I've personally been kind of getting kind of wrapped up in some of the stuff. It's like, wait a minute, I kind of step step back and like, okay, what's the bigger picture here? What am I actually doing? Am I actually being a part of the problem or a part of the solution? Right. And uh, so got to make the steps to change. Mm hmm. Well, if you're on, say, Twitter, for example, it's always part of the problem. Very true. Because <laughs> no one, no one that's really really needs to hear this is hearing it it's just it's just a way for people to anonymously bitch a lot of times and so that's why i like to primarily keep it to people that are making jokes or promoting something that they're doing coming up and buckshot kid has a great comment <laughs> but i don't think i'm gonna read it let's just say if you're not here live with us uh <laughs> <laughs> on on YouTube, Twitch, uh, uh, and you're listening on Channel Attitude later, you're missing all the live interactions with our great uh, C of the VBC. Um, so so that that's that's Giselle Shaw there. Um, another news item: apparently Zachary Wentz returns to Impact Wrestling, uh, which you may know of this guy that was caught up with Kimberly, also formerly of Impact Wrestling, who made some uh some allegations and this guy got fired over it um leaving his tag team partner uh high and dry and uh, he's doing pretty well for himself as a singles over in nxt but or at least they're pushing him but um apparently um apparently these uh there's some tapings of stuff that has not aired yet allegedly i guess his the return is um, slated to air the 29th, so this week. Um, sorry for the spoiler if you were hoping to be surprised by the return of Zachary Wentz, but oh. yes. So he'll be back with he'll be back with Trey Miguel, and they'll have two thirds of the Rascals there. Who's who knows if they'll try to revive that or whatever. Um, what do you think about uh, Zachary Wentz returning to Impact Wrestling? I mean, it's you need a place to work. I'm happy. I'm happy he's got a job and he's got a steady paycheck coming in. Oh, I guess Kimberly ain't coming back. <laughs> Probably not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put any money on that one. Well, hopefully she can get some. Uh, she can get some work in the undead realm somewhere. Maybe they've got like a Starbucks or something there. 
An undead Starbucks. Uh, we got, mm, let's see, a Mickey James injury update. Um, cleared to get back in the ring several weeks ago, but unique contractual situation makes it so that she can't just be called back to work by impact. Okay, that's <laughs> a good way of saying I'm a superstar. Uh, so we'll see if she comes back. Um, we'll see. But yeah, other than that, Mm, not really a lot of amazing stuff. Well, here's some moose items. Let's look at this. Let's look at a, a couple of moose items since we're damn sure not going to get very much moose on this episode that we're about to talk about. Um, this is an interview he did with uh, the Undisputed podcast where he says, that's also my big scare with ever going to a new company or ever going somewhere else making new friends. I am really shy when it comes to getting to know people or being cool with people. I am usually to myself. I've always been shy. Every time it comes to leaving Impact, that's always a big factor in my decision making. So maybe there's an answer of why Moose has decided to stay with Impact. It's a comfortable situation for him. Although, you know, if they're not offering you the right amount of money or, you know, I think shine is something you could definitely overcome. But apparently they're treating him well financially, which is the most important thing Uh in a profession, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. If he's getting the compensation he needs, they're taking care of him, and he's doing fine, and he's happy where he's at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they they also uh, asked him something about... This is a completely separate article, uh, but it's the same podcast, I think, unless he just made two separate appearances, but I doubt it. But he's saying, as you know, in pro wrestling, everybody can't be on top forever. Oh, he's talking to Bobby Fish on this podcast. Okay, of course, that makes sense. I mean, there's only one man that's doing it, and that's Roman Reigns. But if you're not Roman Reigns, that's not real life in pro wrestling. I had my eight-month run as the world champion, and it was just a good run. It was a pretty good run. Um, I feel like a lot of people's time in Impact Wrestling is not always long-term. They can't always build the company around you and have you be on top forever. You know what I'm saying? It has to be a rotating ship. All right, so Moose is saying here that uh, you can't do a Roman Reigns in Impact. It almost sounds like a direct response to things that I've said on this show about Moose being the Roman Reigns of Impact. <laughs> so if there was ever any doubt that Moose is a fan of the Impact Attack, you know, let those doubts uh, dissipate because um, he's trying to answer me through Bobby Fish's podcast. But I don't agree. If you're going to sign the longest-term deal in Impact history, doesn't that mean that you most certainly could be the guy? I mean, what else could make you the guy other than that? And what else guy do they have that's going to be that loyal? I mean, he's he's just saying he doesn't want to leave because he doesn't want to go to a new place. And he signed the longest deal that Impact's ever had. So I think if you're ever going to do something like that, the time is now. But even besides all that, Brandon, what do you do? You agree that Impact can't be a, a one-man uh, company? Like you can't build it around one guy, and that you have to have a revolving door? Is that just, or do you think it sounds to me like it's almost making excuses why you've got to pass this belt on, and nobody really gets like a long, a super long run? Um, but yeah, do you agree with that? It can be done. It has to be with the right person. 
uh, and yeah. and the right and the right booking and creative. That's very true. And Moose is the right guy. Exactly. I think. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You can build that company around Moose. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, that's what I would do. It's so obvious. It's painfully obvious. And the more we watch these shows, the you look at every single other option that they have, even including some free agents they could bring in if they could bring them in. And I'm just like, I don't know. I see a Moose Dynasty. I, I just do. I don't think... I'm not saying that, you know, realistically, I, I think we talked about this last week. I don't really know what Impact can do to change their fortunes. Like, I don't know if they're ever going to be able to, like, I don't think they'll become mainstream. I don't think anything they can do at this point is really going to make them, like, a serious third brand or any sort of competitor. Um, I, I just think that, that, you know, that train has sailed, basically. And now they just are what they are. But if, as long as you're continuing to do it um, and you see the success of something that's got like a long term, like if you just stick with it and, and you see like the long term payoff of having a guy like Roman on top and the things that you could do with it. Um, you don't have to copy that exactly, but just the idea of having a guy on top for a long time to be the guy in your company and carry that company you've seen how it it doesn't hurt it certainly is not going to make impact do any worse right i mean consistency can't make you you know only 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 being consistently inconsistent can make you fail i i think i think so the show <laughs> All right, well, we all agree that uh, Moose uh, should be the guy. <sighs> but, in any case, you're not going to see that reflected here in our episode when we talk about this episode tonight. So before we do that, let's see how well Moose is represented in the rewrite oh. uh, in Punching Up Impact. I think you're going to like how well he's represented. I'm just going to lean back. <laughs> All right, so we open the show with a recap of Against All Odds. Pyro and Ballyhoo will go to the announce table where the announcers give their thoughts on the results of Against All Odds and then run down the card for tonight. We have an in-ring with Motor City Machine Guns, Motor City Machine Guns music and entrance. Saban and Shelly pr cut promos on what their title victories mean to them. They bring up how they're uh, going to bring back, or how, yeah, sorry. They bring up how the weekly fighting champion is back in vogue, and they decide they're going to have open challenges for tonight and defend their titles against whoever answers the challenges, and they head to the back, and we go to our first commercial break. Okay, all right. Definitely cutting down that opening slog. <laughs> oh, yeah, like I said, I don't take an axe to that. All right, and then we got a Macklin pre-tape. He talks about how he was robbed at against all odds due to nepotism. He brings up how it's Demore's clicks in France to get the opportunities, airtime, and positions of influence and power. Then we go to our, all right, and then we go to our first match: Moose versus Swan. Moose music and entrance. Swan music and entrance. Moose up clean. 
And they go to a design pre-tape where Diener chastises the group and brings up how they have not accomplished anything they set out to accomplish. He gives Khan and Angels one more chance to prove themselves tonight against Decay, and if they don't eliminate them, the design will disband and he will eliminate them himself. All right. And then they go backstage to Moose and Myers, and it goes just like it did, except Moose mentions he's got business to take care of before he leaves the shots. And then we go to our second commercial break. All right, a little more Moose intrigue. I'm with it. All right, and then backstage, you have a Nick Aldis promo where he puts over becoming the number one contender, and he puts over Alex Shelley for becoming champion and mentions their respective histories with Impact Wrestling, and he ends it with May the Best Man Win at Slammiversary. All right. Then we go to a pre-tape with Heath, the same one that was on the show. And then match two, Trey Miguel versus Lince Dorado. Trey music and entrance. Trey cuts a promo where he agrees with Macklin's earlier comments about Demore's nepotism. Dorado music and entrance. Trey up over using the paint after using the paint can. Announcers hype Saban's over challenge for after the commercial break. Go to third commercial break. Match three, X Division Championship. Saban versus. We'll see. Saban music and entrance. Saving promo to call call out challenger. Trey Miguel music and entrance. Hmm. Does he Trey, get the paint this time? Nope, just walks out. Okay. okay, all right. And Trey is up after Bully and Macklin help him win. New X Division champion Trey Miguel. The three of them beat down Saban. Shelly, Kazarian, and Heath run out. Santino comes out with security. And Santino has Trey, Bully, and Macklin thrown out of the building and then tells production to cut to commercial. Wow. Okay. So now we've got a new alignment. And this is going off. Well, with this, we have to kind of go off into a different timeline because I don't think they're ever going to go with this. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But, hey, one can, one can dream. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, one can. All right. So then we go to a backstage where Santino, Saban, and Shelly are together as Saban's getting looked at by a trainer. Shelly asks Santino why he threw them out of the building when they wanted to fight. Santino mentions there's a big announcement coming up with HR and legal ramifications that is about to make. And the attack on Saban gives him the justification to have them removed so they don't get involved with that. All right. In ring, Scott Demore. Demore music and entrance. Cuts a promo about how his actions against all odds have led to Bully, Macklin, and others to file complaints against him, and the board has told him to take an indefinite leave of absence. Scott thanks the fans before he leaves the mic in the ring and leaves. All right. Okay, so we're still going to give him music. I would cut that out. I'm tired of him having yeah. music. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking about that, and I probably should have. You're right. It's not too late. We can cut <laughs> his music. Cut the music! <laughs> cut his music <laughs> alright and they go to a pre-tape of Gia doing a sit down with Trinity and Shaw and it's basically kind of like uh, they just kind of take shots at each other like you know they see on the reality shows mm -hmm. and then it ends in a brawl with uh, Deanna coming out to help Trinity because you know Shaw's always got the crew mm -hmm. and we go to match 4 design versus decay decay music and entrance design music and entrance Decay over after Diener turns on Khan and Angels and aligns with Decay, and Decay turns heel. Really? Okay. Another fork in the timeline, it looks like. 
And then backstage, you get the Gujar package and promo that goes the same as we saw on the show with Dango coming in and they do their interactions. All right. Okay. And they go to a backstage of Eddie Edwards and Alicia arriving late to the building. They complain about a flat tire that kept them from making it to the building on time. Kazarian bumps into them, and Edwards says, like, uh, despite whatever personal issues there are between them, there are Kowalski guys, and Kowalski guys stick together, with, especially with everything that's going on lately. So basically, like, Edwards is realizing there's kind of battle lines are being drawn, shit's going down, and he's trying to stick to somebody he knows. Is it true that Kowalski guys stick together? If that's true, <laughs> shouldn't, like, Triple H have given both of these guys jobs, and shouldn't they be in the WWE right now? This is true. <laughs> Maybe you can write that in <laughs> next time. <laughs> but Kazarian ends up blowing him off, walks away, but Eddie does not get angry, but he should be a little frustrated, but not angry. Like, you know, like it didn't go as what, like he, like he wanted it to. Okay. Then we go to match five impact world tag team titles, King and Gene versus ABCs. Kenny King and Sheldon Gene music and entrance. ABC music and entrance. ABC up after Sheldon makes rookie mistake. And Kenny King chastises him like a teacher would to their pupil. Yes, a teacher would do that. <laughs> and then we go to a vignette with the coven. And they're at a table with a crystal ball. And notice a disturbance in the undead realm due to Diener's alliance with Decay. Oh, I see. So we're playing out a movie in the crystal ball? I mean, it, they wouldn't really be seeing anything. It would just be, you know, they, it'd be a smoke-filled. Like when we ah. just, and, they're, and they're kind of reading that. Okay. All right. So they're fortune tellers, sort of, and now also. Uh, okay. It's like a TV. Got it. And then we go to our fifth and final commercial break. And they come back with a Death Dolls vignette, and they feel a disturbance in themselves from the undead realm. Mm, mm, I'm disturbed. He's got to keep the storyline going. Mm -hmm. New Japan promo, and then they go backstage with Selly and Sh Shelly and Saban. Saban hypes up Shelly, and Saban says the title saves with Motor City Machine Guns. They go to the announce desk. They run down the card for next week's show. Impact World Title Match, match number six. Motor City Machine Guns, music and entrance. Shelly calls out opponent for open challenge. Moose, music and entrance. Moose, yeah. runs in, Moose runs in through crowd and gets jump on Shelly. Shelly refuses to stay down and keeps fighting back. You get a ref <laughs> yeah, that's bump. That's definitely Shelly. <laughs> that's why I, la I was laughing when you accidentally almost said Alex Shelly because I'm like, well, that's <laughs> definitely not him. That's definitely not his name. Uh, then we get a ref bump. Moose hits Spear and goes to grab a chair. Nick Aldis runs out, grabs chair from Moose. Aldis swings at Moose, but he ducks and hits Shelly with it. Moose spears Aldis. Moose spears Shelly again. Pins him. New Impact World Champion Moose. Yeah, right here on the damn weekly show. Fuck all this messing around waiting to try to sell pay-per-views. Let's just get it out of the way now. Let's do it now. Pull the trigger now. There is no tomorrow. That is not sarcastic. I really am happy that <laughs> Moose has become the fantasy champion here. Oh, we've we've definitely forked off in a different direction here. We've got new alliances 
that now you're going to have to, despite whatever they do week to week, you're going to not only have to punch up the decisions they make, but you're going to have to continue on with the decisions that you have made. So maybe one day, eventually, it won't even matter what show they're doing. You'll just be writing an episode that's completely from scratch based on the stuff that you've done, which is going to be more work for you. Uh, but uh, nonetheless... <laughs> Uh, it should be interesting, and I look forward to it, especially as long as um, Moose is champion. And if anything about that changes, then I will have to step in with some creative control and say, that doesn't work for me, brother. Uh, and uh, there you have it. New virtual Moose champion. <sighs> Love it. Yes, it's not so much that I really wanted to blow the world title match change on the sh on the free show. It's more like, okay, we kind of made a fuck up, gotta fix it. Well, I mean, really, wh who cares about Alex Shelley winning it at some random against all odds? It really, doesn't help any business or do anything for anybody. It's just a, you know, it's, it's like a lifetime achievement award. You know, you could you could hand that to a guy off screen. And have him take pictures with it later for his social media. You don't have to build a pay-per-view around it. Um, and then if you hear that, uh, you know, a world title change hands on TV, you know, maybe you'd be like, oh, I didn't know that kind of stuff happened on Impact. Maybe it'll be check it out. And obviously, I don't think anybody thinks like that. This isn't the 90s anymore, but still. But still. So very interesting stuff. Uh, however, that's the opposite of what we're going to talk about. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like right now. So you guys in the chat, get your, uh, get your AMA questions ready because I am not going to spend a hell of a lot of time on this. And I doubt that Brandon will either. I think the most time he'll spend on it is next week when he has to punch it up. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, here we go with our impact, our random impact. There, there uh, is one thing you're going to hear me throw a pretty big fit about, and I'm pretty sure you're going to throw the same, throw about it the same thing, too. All right, tag team fit um, <laughs> coming up. <sighs> Javi says, I got nothing. Well, you got time is what you got. There's still, there's still a few minutes to talk about it if you want to come up with something. Um, OVE versus Myers in the hands, including their usual promo of talking about the city they're in. Uh, the only interesting thing in this match is that Moose does run in and he ends up causing uh, Jake Chris to get pinned by, uh, by Brian Myers here. So he's definitely an affiliation with uh, Myers and the good hands um, but we don't know where that's going to leave the good hands in the future if these guys start teaming up are they going to all be a group like a faction or the good hands going to get left by the wayside or whatever we don't know but that's the only intrigue we have coming out of this and it's pretty much our only moose sighting is just him running in and shoving I think he pushed Chris off the top turnbuckle or something like that yeah so so yeah, well, any any thoughts on this opening match? Yeah, I was incredibly confused by it because didn't we see that uh, one pre-tape last week where Myers basically said he's done with the good hand and try to get back with Moose and Moose blew him off? I'm pretty sure we did. So either that 
doesn't matter or they shot that out of order and edited it poorly you know like maybe they maybe they shot that pre-tape after this match but then they put it on the episode before this match aired like uh, i couldn't tell you they, they really need a continuity czar they do so but yeah well yeah, and right. then, uh, and you know, here's where they lost me. Right at the open, the baby face has his back turned to the heel for a prolonged period, and heel doesn't take it. They're too busy thinking about how upset they are that they're in Cleveland, or or whatever part of Ohio they're in. So, yeah, you'll notice that a lot. I think one of the things that's really annoying if you're watching. I don't know how it looks to everybody, like if you have just your favorite promotion that you watch, like whether it's WWE, AEW, whatever. But if you are watching across all of them, you see a lot of guys do this where there's a lot of guys waiting for other guys to turn around. And it's just like, just hit them. Like, especially yeah. if you're a heel, just hit them. What are you waiting to... Even, even going up and like spinning them around to face you... So that you can hit them with a move. I see them do that. It's like, uh, just hit them from behind. Uh, they'll get it. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's more dastardly it, that way. And and if they know what they're doing, they can take it right back and get back on offense because that's what the baby faces do. They outwrestle the heel. Yeah, pretty much. So, and even if you're a baby face and your heel has got the back to you, the baby face should just come with a schoolboy o'connor roll up anything just a wrestling move you don't have to like punch him in the back of the head but you can hit a backslide come up with a wrestling move from behind like hey you took your eyes off the ball i'm gonna wrestle you you know like that kind of well, right, wrestling so. right exactly if a, if a baby face is in there trying to have a wrestling match and his opponent gives him his back i'm gonna roll him up so i'm here to win that's it exactly so baby faces wrestle somebody that turns their back to you heels give them a hit a chop block uh whatever you know but don't sit there and do the rock stalking pose and wait for them to turn around and don't don't do this thing like get up get up you know like i'm so tired of seeing all this shit just stop it everybody stop it um Liz says they were in columbus thank you very much okay all right i'm sure i'm sure columbus and cleveland are just like night and day differences um but yeah uh all right so next um we have uh oh did you have anything else on this uh opening match before we move on nah just like they as soon as that happened they lost me okay so they lost you right up the pretty much bad um so next we have a, a, a situation in the back here where uh where Frank Kazarian is, what is he doing? Putting on his boots or something? And then Fat Eddie comes and sits down next to him. And basically, yada, yada, yada. He swears on the grave of Killer Kowalski that he can be trusted. All right? <laughs> and I'm like, why would, I, why would I think that that makes you trustworthy? You know, not even swear, maybe swear on a stack of pancakes and I might believe you. Um, but Killer Kowalski's grave, that's not serious enough, so not really. Um, and then do you have anything on that? No, nah, but you kinda knew there was gonna be something some kind of storyline shenanigans going on in the main event with that little pre tape. Mm. 
Okay, and then next we have a, you know, Swan and Callahan have a discussion, and Swan's like, "All right, from now on, I got you guys back. I should have been out there because he wasn't out there to start. Uh, it was all his fault that Moose <laughs> ran down and you know, ruined the match. It, it was all Swan's fault. He should have been there, right? Should have known. Um, so there you go. He's back in. Uh, he's back. Swan's back in OVE." He's gonna have a he's gonna have a hat and his vest and everything. So look forward to that. Then we get uh, Dirty Dango versus Bupinder Gujar, and uh, Dango grabs a mic and says, "Man, do I hate professional wrestling!" <laughs> and then he hands the mic back. Uh, you know, I would agree with him, except I do like professional wrestling. I'm just not seeing very much of it these days. So you know. That's basically where we're at. Uh, just when I was getting settled in to be like, all right, let me try to pay attention to this match. Uh, he hits a reverse DDT on Gujar and it's over. <laughs> um, then he goes out outside the ring and gets in Gujar's jacket and takes his phone out and starts doing like an Instagram live or something on there. And then Santino comes out and uh, he, you know, hits the son of a gun with the Cobra. So... There you go. Um, thoughts on all this? I was kind of surprised how quickly they had him beat Gujar. I thought they were building him to at least doing something with him. They were at one time. Not so much anymore. Especially with that uh, diaries that, that just came out. Yeah. So it, what it looks like is that they built him up just enough so that now people can... Uh, look like they're getting a credible win as impact jobs them out. Yeah, that makes yeah. like they like they're done with you like they're done with you Amuro. Right. But then again that's kind of his what he's here to do is just, you know, get that get yeah. the reps in. Right. He's here to get the reps and do the jobs. Whereas Gujar was like they were actually pushing him a little bit. And Yuya, I don't know if he's gotten a, a significant win on this show yet. So <laughs> You know, I, I don't really. Okay, fine, what, whatever you want. Um, but uh, hey, you know, slumps happen. Slumps happen in sports. Gucci's probably just in a slump right now, so let's look at it that way. All right. He slump. He slump. He slump. Gucci sat alone on a chair in the back. Yeah. Uh, there we go. All right. No more singing. Uh, so yeah, what, what else, any, any other notes on this, uh, particular portion of the show? Nah, just, the. Uh, I really wish they'd move on to something else with Dango instead of keeping going back to him and Santino. But they haven't had their match yet, so they just gotta get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get one of your major angles with former WWE talent out of the way. Uh... All right, so on BTI, uh, Jody Threat hits the F-bomb on Nevaeh, and then uh, afterwards, well, I guess afterwards being now, in real time, the Death Dolls catch these two hugging backstage, and then... And thanking each other for the match. Are, are you are you kidding me? Why didn't Dango walk through this portion right here? Exactly. Like, okay. like a opponents hugging each other and thanking each other for the match on camera. That's that's 100% backstage shit that should not be on camera. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, this goes on. Uh, because, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, Nevaeh's confused since last time she was there. These were different people altogether. And she's bringing that up, and both of them are like, you know, oh, okay, so what do we do about this? They actually have a huddle that changes the camera angle, so it's shooting up from the ground into their faces. Um, so that's real. And, uh, and, and they're, they're sitting there discussing this and saying how that this can be a, a new quest for them and they like quests. So, uh, they're getting an origin story and, you know, basically, basically Nevaeh wants to fill in the backstory on their characters for them. So this is like a meta rib on a few different levels about a few different things. I would complain harder, but I'm too tired and <laughs> it's not like it's going to stop them. Um, so what do I, you know, what, what can I say here? Man, this is disappointing. This went from my favorite act on the show to basically like a what the fuck moment every week. Like that can't, like that can't, like it's turned into campy, cheesy Disney. It's quite cheesy. Uh, but at least no RGB lights as Liz points out. Yeah. So there's there is that i'll give them that i'll give them that mm. all right uh zicky dice passes his referee exam even though they have him on camera cheating to pass it but hey the, every all the referees decisions are final so <laughs> i mean can't 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 overturn uh whoever this guy is that's giving the quizzes a decision to make him a ref. So what's done is done. So now Swinger has a guy in his pocket, Daddy. Man, this is probably like the whole one of the longest, probably the longest running story they've had going is just Swinger's journey. It's his whole adventure from like Swinger's palace to where he's at now. Yep. And he's a walking expose the business, right? Like, he's just, uh, you know, all these things about thanking people for the match or whatever. And, you know, that's a different thing, but it's still, he's, he's just doing it. He's making references and stuff that I think would confuse a lot of, if you could even call anybody that watches this a casual wrestling fan. But, yeah, I don't know. But again, you got, you know. You've got him helping Zicky with the uh, answer to the question to become a referee. So, you know, I guess they don't, they're not going to go back and watch this, right? Um, anything else on that? You know, other than, you know, the production errors and catching that and not coming up with a way to get around that so that doesn't be stupid. I mean, I thought it was entertaining. Every, every wrestling show should start their, their, weekly episode with a list of apologies and like for the things that they missed that week like oh yeah we should we should have uh we should we should have seen this guy uh you know running out and hitting somebody you know in the head with a hammer or whatever they do you know like we're sorry we reversed that decision and we find this person and uh we award the winner's purse to this person or what you know like that that would take up 20 minutes on every show um 
speaking of taking up 20 minutes on every show, we still have the design. Uh, there's still a thing. Uh, this is Angels and Con versus uh, Speedball and Octopus. Um, they have their their tag match. Uh, apparently, the teamwork between these two rivals is much greater than the supposed team of the design. And they hit the ultimate weapon on Angels, and that's that. So there you go. Um, I don't. I forgot already mm -hmm. if there was anything post match with this, but I, I didn't write it down, so I guess there wasn't. I don't think there was. There was just the uh, finish of Diener yelling at Angels and distracting them to finish the match, and like it was probably one of the dumbest things I'd ever seen. Because here's here's the finish. Angels is about to get, is on the top. We're about to hit his finish. Diener jumps up on the apron and starts yelling, "Finish him! Finish him! Finish him!" And he basically says, well, "What do you think I'm doing?" Disney Channel. Disney uh, Channel. Yeah. Like, that makes no sense for him to hop up on the apron like that. Just just an excuse to get to to the finish. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, it's the kind of the laziest, most cliched things you could think of that aren't very interesting. Speaking of not very interesting and making excuses, just if anybody's listening to the audio version in the future, when you hear the silence mm -hmm. on this show, it's just a lot of exasperated face palming and you know that that kind of thing. That's what you're that's what you're missing on video. So you know, be sure to join us live every Monday, six thirty p.m. Pacific, nine thirty p.m. Eastern, so you can see all the face palming uh, that we end up doing in those silent moments. Um, but, uh, so yeah, let's see where we go with this new makeshift team of, uh, Mike Bailey and Jonathan Gresham. Um, we, we can go back in time 10 years, uh, to the impact, uh, December 18th edition, 2013. Uh, this is where, uh, Jeff Hardy and Magnus are in some kind of a ladder match and the, Ooh, this is the Dixieland match. Dixieland match? Okay. Yep. I don't know St what that is. Explain that to the people because I've forgotten. Oh, this was a fun one. They only did it one time. It starts out as a cage match. Mm hmm And then you have to escape the cage. Once you escape mm -hmm. the cage, you have to climb you have to actually go up the entrance ramp, climb the ladder, and grab the grab the belt that's up on the entrance ramp. I see. So that's why the ladder was up there and the title was hanging from up there. I forgot about this. Mm. Yes, well, it's, uh, you know, Jeff Hardy's climbing the ladder and uh, Dixie's like, no. And then Rockstar Spud comes and pushes him. He takes a nasty fall. But, hey, that's Jeff Hardy for you. Then uh, Magnus gets up and climbs up the, uh, the ladder and uh, he's the new champion. So, this is... Definitely trying to foreshadow, either foreshadow or subvert expectations for what's going to happen with all this and uh, Shelly coming up. They're like, hey, this guy can win a Impact title. He's done it before, 10 years ago. And also so. remind people of his villainous ways. Right. And also get Jeff Hardy in there. And Dixon. <laughs> Shig. Yeah. This was, a, this was an overclip. 
So you think Magnus yeah. got you think Magnus got invited to Overchurch? I bet. Him and Hernandez definitely. <laughs> so Trinity is with Gia and no music underneath and essentially challenges uh Jay Vidal to a match next week since he wants to get uh involved in everything. And um, that only makes sense. This we saw this coming. Yep. Mm, what does she keep calling him? She kept calling him something. Uh, I don't know if she's trying uh, to get a catchphrase over or something, but she kept calling him something boy. Yeah. Uh, I've yeah. I, I completely missed what it was. But yeah, you're. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, the chat may be able to. I always turn to the chat in situations like this because. As, as as much as I might pay attention sometimes, they pay that much more attention, and when I pay no attention, they can usually uh, save me, so uh, we'll see if they have an answer, um, but anyway, yeah, so that'll be next week, and uh, let's uh, hope it doesn't get uh, outshined by the return of Zachary Wentz. Uh, so next we get Jacobs with all this his prepared statement about why he's not there that he won't be there and all this other stuff interrupted by Shelly uh, who you know has some comments for Jacobs and then um, he walks off and then Jacobs like you know man wins the title after all this time and already goes to his head and then he gets a super kick uh, or so I assume because you don't actually see anything hit the front you just hear a leg slap sound and him take a bump so, like, it's quite possible that Shelly just slapped his leg right next to the camera mic and then and didn't even lift his leg, you know? Because I, I went back, too. I, like, I rewound. I was like, wait, did we? Did I even see a shoe in the frame here? Or did he just fall down? Like, so, pretty funny. I'm not, I'm not saying you got to really kick him. I'm just, that is funny to me. <laughs> no, I can, I can see why it's funny. That's the way they produce their shots is sometimes is just wow. Hey, I, well, for once, uh, you know, I'm with it. That's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, so take that, messenger boy, Alex Shelley, the tough guy champion. Super kicked you back to AEW. We're gonna be seeing a lot more of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, then we get, uh, next we get, um, what is this, Taylor Wilde versus Killer Kelly is next? Yep. And uh, Killer Kelly wins with a killer roll-up. <laughs> it's a very, a very serial killer-ish, sexy roll-up. She wins, and uh, then they're like, uh, no way. And they go in and double-team and kick the shit out of her. Um... Doughboy, yes. Doughboy. Or Dewboy. Is it Doughboy do, or Dewboy? Do, Dewboy, yeah, Dewboy. Yeah, okay. Um, thank you, Liz. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, they're beating up Killer Kelly, and then uh, Masha Slamovich comes in with her music, and she's got a chain, and it looks for a second like, is she going to join in on the beating? But no, she attacks the coven and, uh, you know, I guess getting hit with the chain's not too bad. They just walk off and, you know, they're like, hey. And then uh, that leaves uh, 
Masha and Kelly to sort of have that moment in the ring where, um, you know, they're like a little mutual respect, and then Kelly looks like she's reaching out for something, and Masha just leaves, so she's still not quite putting it over, but definitely something going there, so there you go. Man, right. I, kept, I kept saying, like, they're going to put them together. They're going to make them a team. They're going to make them a team. That's right. He willed this into existence. <laughs> and so now we have uh, contenders for the Knockouts Tag Team Champions. Um, let's see. Let us see. And Buckshot Kid called it a month ago. And Alexa's here. Good morning. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we have, uh, all right. So, um, any thoughts on this match or, you know, seeing your, seeing everyone's thoughts come to, come to fruition here. Too predictable. Okay. But then again, sometimes, at least in this case, predictable is not a bad thing. It's the journey and how you get there. The problem is, is there's too much predictable around it to make it stand out. Okay. I don't disagree with that. Um, Damore with Gia, no music underneath. Uh, he throws off his headset. And since he's taking a leave of absence, he's, <laughs> but he's still wearing his headset after a week. Uh, and then he's, he throws that off and he takes off his coat because he doesn't need to wear a coat anymore. He's on a leave of absence. And then for some reason he throws his watch away. You don't need to know what time it is. You're on a leave of absence. You don't even need to know when your leave of absence is up. Just throw your watch away. Cause we all know that the only reason you would wear a fancy watch is because you're the president of a company or something. You know, nobody else wears watches. Uh, two and a half minutes later, he finally stops rambling and leaves. Is what I wrote down. <laughs> Um, did you see anything different here? No. No. No, and I'm one. And they do they have to replay the uh, Scott's more taken down bully that many times on the show? Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. he's the president of the company. They have to. Well, he's on leave of absence though, so shouldn't they just stop playing it? Right. You know, is he's like, hey, he's not really doing anything with us right now. Why are you continuing to advertise him or promote him? <laughs> Why are you people in the truck trying to kiss up to him? He's on a leave of absence. He can't do anything for you. Maybe they're hoping he remembers when he comes back. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, sure, whatever. Scott Demore. Let's. I, I. I'm fine. I know. I'm. I'm fine with it. I'm. I'm just fine with it. This is what I want to see. I'm. I'm here for it. Scott Demore, ladies and gentlemen. What's um, full-time active wrestler? He's back. Let's. 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 Let's get him. A, Let's get him some warm-up matches, you know. Maybe he can face uh, Johnny Swinger. Um, how about, uh, well, here we have Joe Hendry. Now, normally Joe Hendry's become, he had been a highlight of the show, but for some reason it seems to have already, like, the energy has been sucked out of this somewhat. Uh, the people aren't reacting the same. Um, there's another particularly interesting going on here. His promo is about, uh, you know, the supposed human contact with alien life forms and everything. And he was just saying how, like, 
all the aliens are trying to do is communicate those two words, <laughs> which is we believe. Um, if, if he would have said that in like some made up alien language, that probably would have made it so much better. Yeah, that would have been a good. Um, that would have been a good twist to it, but eh, yeah, whatever. And uh, I guess his opponent is Yu Yu Uemura for the Digital Media Championship, right? Isn't that this was for the title, right? I believe so. Yes. All right. Well, I don't know what Yu has done to earn a title shot, but I guess it doesn't matter, right? So maybe I should just watch BTI and find these things out. <laughs> Hell no. Uh, Kenny King comes out with his music and Sheldon Jean, but uh, Sheldon Jeans. But uh, they go to sit on commentary, so, you know, there you go. Um, Yuya Uemura, to the surprise of no one, gets a standing O from uh, from uh, Joe Hendry. And then after the match, Kenny grabs the Digital Media Championship and goes in the ring and delivers it by hand to Joe Hendry and gives him a standing O of his own. And no, I don't mean... He hit him with his own move. I mean, he clapped for him and applauded him and was just being a disingenuous baby face towards Joe Hendry and uh, congratulating him on his win. So, you know, a little something different than... I guess you have two... I guess you have two options as a heel. You either attack the guy after the match, which we've seen way too much, or you can be a sarcastic baby face and cheer for the guy for winning but basically declaring your intentions that uh, they're in your sights. So which of these two approaches do you prefer? Yeah, the smart ass, uh, false baby face, like sarcastic, mostly more my personality, just being kind of smart ass sarcastic. Right. Um, any thoughts on the match or anything else? And it was decent. You know, again, just, Give you or more of the reps and give Hendry a win. Yeah. All right. And now we're already at our main event, which is uh, Bert and Bully versus Fat Kazarian. Um, and uh, yeah, I just don't give a fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, Bully Ray yeah. is automatic checkout at this point. Um, yeah, he's, he stopped being interesting when they finished that up thing, thing with him and Alexander. Yep. And even that was questionable. Uh, the Burt Macklin uh, never really cared that much. Um, and what, Fat and what Eddie, yeah. sleep-inducing. Frankie Kazarian, I feel sorry for him. I just... None of this is appealing to me. So the finish is, uh, you know, Kazarian has a chicken wing on... Uh, Macklin. And Macklin's like, bully, help. <laughs> uh, bully did not help. Um, and then and then, as he's being chicken-winged by Kazarian, uh, was it uh, Fat Eddie comes in for a super kick. He's going to kick Macklin, but instead he hits Kazarian. And it's like, okay. Then Kazarian gets a... Uh, they they shit-can uh, Eddie... And then they hit uh, Kazarian with the sort of neckbreaker back suplex combo, and Macklin pins him. Um, going back and looking at the uh, looking at the replay of this a few times, um, <laughs> I say it's a, is it an errant super kick because 
Looked pretty Nobody moved. Yep, and it looked like he was aiming right for Kazarian's head. Right, so nobody moved. He just sat there. Now, this could have been a case of, like, we want to build the intrigue between these two um, and, you know, make it look like uh, Eddie's a liar and he's sinister and despite what he said, he'd be willing to cost himself a match just so that he could nail Kazarian with a super kick. Um, maybe it could have been that, or it could have been that everybody in this match is so bad that they just, it just looked like this and he was supposed to sort of duck out of the way. Macklin was supposed to sort of duck out of the way and he didn't, uh, it, it could go either way at this point. Cause I don't, I'm not giving anybody any credit here. Um, but let's just for the, for the benefit of the doubt, let's just go with the first one and say that it was planned to be ambiguous. Um, even though if that is the case, you know, nobody on earth could have mistaken the fact that he just, <laughs> that Maglin just sat in place and did not duck out of the way. He just sat there and Eddie super kicked right over his head to hit Frankie Kazarian. So there you go. Read into that what you will. Um, and uh, yeah, there you go. There's your finish. So overall thoughts on the match and the finish way too long they could have gotten what they needed to accomplish and got the business done they needed to get done in about 60 percent of the time yeah 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 also if you're if you're going towards something with kazarian and eddie um i'm sorry didn't kazarian just beat him clean right exactly that that story's over yeah, what else is there, you know? Like, I understand that they think that you can start a new story by saying, okay, we we had our match, and we're Kowalski guys now. I realize that. You beat the sense into me. Now we need to stick together. But just to, like, continue to screw them over just to have another match, I don't know if this is a money program for these guys. Right. The the only way this storyline could work and make sense is if Eddie Edwards is being legitimate and genuine. Right. And I'll be honest, I don't want to see that either. I don't right. Nobody nobody really this. nobody really cares. Yeah. Now, if you had a non-decisive finish for their first match, then you can build off of that. I I thought it was pretty cut and dried. So, I don't know. I don't know. And, I uh, don't know! <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to know at this point. This is now your job on your Substack to fix these things. <laughs> That's it. Uh, it's none of my business. So, but speaking of my business, uh, and our business, that kind of wraps up this episode of impact and therefore this episode of impact attack i will give this show a i don't care out of 10 because i didn't care and one lousy moose sighting and one joe hendry squash match for a title <laughs> does not uh change my opinion whatsoever so if anybody's got anything else that they want to talk about or comment or ask, now's the time. Otherwise, we're going to get the F out, just like yep. the WWF in 2002. So, um, 
The floor belongs to the sea. That's right. Uh, so w while we're waiting for anything to show up, I guess we can talk about some plugs. Uh, anything that you got going on coming up? Um, let everybody know where they can find you, follow you, love you, you can, adore you. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at TransArchistia as well as on Twitch at Miss Tia. At I'm so sorry, Twitch.tv. Twitch.tv slash Miss Tia the Transarchist. So I got a, a stream going tomorrow night. Okay. And what also time is that stream? It'll be by I'm about... I'm not sure yet. Uh, probably around 8.30 Central Time. Okay. And then also on the Substack at HMG Brandon. All right. So we got that Substack for you. Uh, you can see exactly how uh, these nips and tucks may affect uh, the episodes and the future. Of impact. Um, as for me, uh, well, shit, where can't you find me at this point? <laughs> Quite frankly, I'm getting a little tired of this. No, I'm just kidding. I always <laughs> like hanging out with you guys, talking to you guys, um, and uh, providing insight onto this wacky world of man. Do I hate professional <laughs> wrestling? So, um, just as as of earlier this morning, you can find me on. The Monday Locker Room with Ben Hameen, where we go over a lot of stuff, uh, including the Danielson thing, and should he retire? Like, should he hang it up? Is is the are these signs that he's, you know, his his time in the ring is probably it's well, it's definitely closer to the end than it is at the beginning, but is the end here? Um, and uh, then you've also got. You know, we got a brand new show on HMG, Brandon. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but it's AW mm -hmm. Wreckage. Uh, so uh -huh. we talk about AW Collision. Uh -huh. That's right. Um, and uh, so I've been able to, you know, do a run in on that show a couple weeks in a row. I'm not going to make it like a 100% of a weekly thing, but ever since they've had to since they've since AEW's added a new show and that cuts into my Sunday streaming time when HMD has to do a review show on it I figure well I'm sitting around waiting to stream might as well jump in and say hello so I've been doing that but um, I want to hand I want to hand off the guys uh, or hand it off to the guys and let them take care of it uh, for the most part because I'm oversaturating the brand um which also includes, of course, my two weekly shows besides this one. You also have the, uh, on Wednesday mornings, you have the Next Level Wrestling Review with myself and Big Ray Hernandez. Every Wednesday, 8 a.m. live uh, Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern. So check us out there. We'll talk about NXT and a bunch of other stuff. However, this Wednesday is a little different. Not so much on Next Level, but as Liz is asking, who will be your first AEW match on Fight Forever? I don't know. Um, I just don't know. That may be up to you guys. I might boot up the game and uh, go through the roster and say, all right, who wants to see what? And the reason I'm saying that is because with my Elite Edition Early Access, oddly enough, you know, with the countdown clock till till digital release... The clock runs out at, I believe, it's 9 a.m. Eastern Wednesday morning. <laughs> so, uh, odd time for a game to be available to play. Um, but, uh, so I guess what I'll do is I'll start streaming at 9 a.m. 
for about two hours, then I'll do the next level wrestling review and then I'll jump back on afterwards and, you know, uh, I continue from there. So if you guys would like to join me for that, that's your time. That's your time window. Set your alarms for uh, 6 a.m. Pacific time, 9 a.m. Eastern time uh, for AW Fight Forever debut stream. Let's let's make me the number one Fight Forever streamer in the North American region, possibly the world. Let's do that. I'm inviting you all to do that. And even if you can't make the debut, just stick around for after next level. Stick around for the the following days because you know I've taken some time off of work recently and what better you know what better way to spend that time than to kind of play this game and see what it's all about um and uh what's a game for tomorrow um game for tomorrow well tomorrow is true crime tuesdays on twitch so uh i will be playing la noir and man i what if i just decide i want to blow through the rest of the game and finish it could be a marathon session so join me again, twitch.tv slash opinion haver. It's opinion haver everywhere. You don't have to ask. People still ask. You know, the other day, Jimmy asked me, hey, what's your Twitch? I was like, Jimmy, Jimmy, what are you talking about? Opinion haver everywhere. When I say everywhere, I mean everywhere. If it ain't opinion haver, it's not me. Okay? Unless it is. But it isn't. So that's where you can find me. Did I give up on, did I give up on Road 96? No, I did not. I'm just waiting for the right time to play it. Um, so we'll continue that at another time, but that's a game that's sort of evergreen or relevant at any moment. I don't have to play at any specific times. Are we still homicide detectives? We got promoted to vice. Uh, we, we are now vice cops. So we're investigating drugs and other stuff and hoes. Um, so there there you go and what what i do with la noir brandon is i do like a solve along with the chat and when i interrogate the people i you know i let them decide whether the person's telling the truth uh whether they're holding information back or if they're outright lying so we give them like 60 seconds to vote on the answer and in the event of a tie uh in the chat i'll break it with the correct answer and just go with the correct answer to move the game along so it's been pretty fun and interactive. It's a it's an interesting way that uh, I came up with to try to do a stream that's a little bit different. You know, anybody can just play a game and sit there, but getting the people involved is you know, for some people they just want to lurk, but other people are looking for new ways to interact, and uh, I feel like that's a fun one, and they've seemed to like it. So we're gonna. Continue on with that tomorrow, and that's going to be probably somewhere in the neighborhood of, I want to say, 10.30 Eastern AM to start, and we'll go as long as I can stay awake, since I don't have to go to work that night. But I do have to watch AEW. <laughs> not AEW. I have to play AEW the next morning, and I have to watch NXT that night so that I can review it that morning in between playing AEW Fight Forever. So... If that's not enough, um, I don't know what else to tell you. I think I've given you plenty of information on where you can find me. Um, I think we're running out of questions here. Is there anything else you want to say to the people before we get out of here, Brandon? Whoop, whoop. Much love. All right. He loves you. Uh, so for Brandon, I've been the vet, and I don't have a sign-off line. <laughs>